I, I, I want to put out this this one point. When you start talking about one blood, uh, one person, and life from the dead, if you start putting together all three of those, I'm starting to see a pattern here. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and then view them from a more biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined always by Mr. Shane Skirvin. Shane, we have Thanksgiving right around the corner. Just a couple days from releasing this, at least. Go, go right around the corner. Uh, what do you? Uh, this this will be your first Thanksgiving in Oregon. At least your first Thanksgiving in a long time. Are you got big plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, no, the weather's supposed to be uh, pretty cold uh, here. Cold and rainy, freezing rain. I'll probably be tucked inside reading or eating. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. Are you? So that's what you're thankful for. Are you thankful for uh, Disney Plus? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> it and like Man- Mangalorian. Was it Mangalorian? Mandalorian. Yeah. Mandalorian. Ma- yeah. Confession. Uh, I, when Disney Plus came out on Facebook, people say I saw posts like, "What a what? What's the first thing you're going to watch on Disney Plus?" And I saw several references to Mandalorian. I was like. What is this Mandalorian show? Is this like an old cartoon that I missed when I was a kid? Like, this just shows how little I know about Star Wars. And then I looked, I was like, well, then it hit me. I was like, wait a second, this is new Star Wars. A new Star Wars movie was coming out. I was like, I think that's what it is. And yeah, sure enough, plus I know you know we can't mention we can't go our whole podcast without mentioning Disney Plus. I, I just see it every. Oh time, right? yeah, yeah. Oh absolutely. Man, look at us giving free publicity. What are we doing? Let's stop talking about that. <laughs> so, They're sponsoring yeah. us, aren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That'd be nice. <laughs> anyway, so you can always contact the show. Of course, always you can reach us at, on Gmail. That uh, switching lenses podcast at Gmail, and you can always find us on Facebook as well. All right, Shane, we have quite an episode for today. Um, this kind of comes actually sort of, sort of from you. This is kind of your inspiration. Uh, this episode, you, you kind of came up with this idea, and you want to really talk about it. I think it's a good idea. I think it's, I think it's just a really good idea. And I'm going to let you kind of set it up here a little bit. And the idea stems from conversations that you've had with before with people, and mm-hmm. when they realized that you believe, actually believe that Genesis was a literal thing that happened, mm-hmm. that, that yeah. it's hist- historical, people think sort of call you on that as like, really, you believe that? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and set this up. I'll let you kind of set up where uh, where this all came from. Well, kind of um, to take what you were saying about Disney Plus, it uh, and Ooh, Star Wars being being featured on there. Look at um, you, You're I, a pro, I, <laughs> pro podcaster. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> but uh, it's literally um, both conversations I've had, and then I uh, the Star Wars uh, reference was a uh, Christian guy that was telling me when he shares his faith, the, particularly the origins of his faith, he feels like he is laying out a Star Wars backstory. And so um, the idea when um, now this you're saying this is a guy whenever he's talking to somebody, yes, his, his Christian beliefs yes. that he's yes. sort of like man when I say this yeah. I'm like I feel like I'm mentioning some fic- crazy fictional movie with all the things I'm saying. Yeah, and not the aspect where he's talking about what God has done in his life or what his his personal uh, relationship with God, but then he says you know as he was shifting to kind of telling. Um, you know our our story uh, in, of Christianity being rooted in historical fact, and mm-hmm. when he started more explaining that, he said he, it felt so unfamiliar unfamiliar to him. He said, it, you know, trying to reference it us as moderns, you know, it it's this idea that's fantastical or uh, a fairy tale, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's it's something that uh, you know I don't know. 
uh, always your experience with it, Josh, but it's something that um, with me that I've struggled a little bit with that too. I realized that, um, you know, none of, you know, when you're having a word with someone, you don't always have all the time in the world. You might have, you know, a few minutes and you're talking and then really quickly, there's this, this idea now in our world that when you're, uh, that science has disproven any kind of biblical origins, any kind of uh, uh, takeaway from the book of Genesis. That it's, yeah, uh, it's right. just a uh, fantastical story that, uh, you know, that science has completely disproven. Right. And, and to your point, I was going uh, to jump there and say, yeah, I, I do share that with you sometimes. Sometimes when, you know, when you're sharing uh, the events of the Bible and you have a talking snake and you have a Steve parting and you have plagues and you have all kinds of stuff. What guy wrestling with an angel in a dream and I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah, you can sometimes, you can sometimes think, wow, <laughs> uh, once I hear what I'm saying out loud, this, I know this doesn't sound like things that would happen on an everyday basis. So it can, it can seem that way at times, but uh, well, we won't well, get into all this. Well, go it's, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's this idea that a secular person's like, hey, this isn't a secular story. You know, and it's sure. like this, it's, it's this, this crazy reading back that, that whatever their experience or what they believe, it must be 100% reflected in a story. The story couldn't be different. That, but it's unmistakably, like you said, there's aspects of Genesis, excuse me, that are unmistakably supernatural. But I, I wanted to zero in on a few, few takeaways uh, from that, from the book of Genesis that are actually, surprisingly, there's a lot of common ground. Right, right. Okay, so yeah, you, so you have you have basically three points we're going to lay out uh, in this episode, and I'll go ahead and provide the premise here of kind of what you're saying and what you're not saying, unless you unless you feel free yes. to add to this. Yes. Is you're coming from the standpoint of some people might look at you like you're crazy or that you believe in some sort of myth when you say you believe that Genesis, this is this is historically true, has actually happened. Um, and so they would think maybe you're sort of crazy and wild, but you're saying, hold on a second. The sort of, am I, is it fair to say it's sort of the naturalistic evolutionary view? Can I use that? Is, is that fair? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's exactly. Okay, so, yeah. so sort of like the evolutionary naturalistic view holds to some ideas, but you're saying, hold on, some of these ideas that you hold to would actually line up with the creation narrative and, and some of the events with it, more, more so the creation narrative. I think it's really, when you say Genesis, you're yeah. m- mostly referring to that. Yes. That some yeah. of those evolutionary views uh, actually would line up. Now, you're not saying that validates evolution. You're saying, no. hold on, what I believe in Genesis isn't crazy because you hold some of these same principles and these same, same ideas. Yes, that, that's, yeah, exactly. Anything you want to add to that or did I get it there? No, you got it. That's exactly that. There's some uh, common yes. ground. I, <laughs> ironically, there's some uh, common ground, or there, you know, that that we're all standing on. Right. It, it doesn't seem so crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we in really fact, look at. And it, they're, they're ironically they're the most they're the shocking, the most shocking things that happened are some of the common ground. It's true. That's very true. That's very true. Okay. So, all right. So you again. So you have three points. Three sort of parallels, if you will, three parallels that you would say that exist between sort of the typical scientific um, or naturalistic evolutionary view that parallels with the creation narrative found in Genesis throughout um, throughout Christianity here. So let's start with point one that you have right here, and we'll talk a little bit about this. And so your first point would be there's a consensus of recorded human history between both views and roughly somewhere in the vicinity of... Um, recorded human history being about 5,000 years. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, give or take a little bit, but yeah, roughly uh, five thousand to fifty-five hundred years. Yeah. Okay, so well, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. And and this this uh, you know him uh, guy and I were sitting down discussing this, and he said, he said I you know I I find it wild that you're talking about the book of Genesis. And I said, wait, hold on, hold on. We have some common ground here. We started talking. I said, don't you, you know, him and I, as we sat there and discussed it, we realized, you know, everyone there, it's, it's a total consistent consensus point that human history, uh, recorded human history started in one place at one time, roughly 5,000 years ago in the fertile crescent, uh, area of the middle East, uh, kind of the, uh, it would be what now is modern Iraq, Euphrates, Tigris River area, mm-hmm. and that that at the same time showed up agriculture, specialization of labor, and writing, the ability to record what's going on. And so, you know, the, the book of Genesis expl- uh, that's, it matches up really well with what the book of Genesis says. It's a book that's recording as a starting point human civilization starting in that exact area roughly the same time. And so right. and it, I go ahead. And any, and any biblical scholar would probably recognize that too, right? What, what, you're, what yeah. you're getting at is that yeah. any biblical scholar would say that the events in the Bible would have, would have, of human history of human interaction would be, would have begun roughly 5,000 years ago. And you're saying that a naturalistic evolutionary would, would agree that in the sense that recorded human history also started at that same time. Yeah, and not just that. At that same time, at that same place, in the same way. That's a good point. Very You true. know, and yes. so that that's that's a nice, tidy little... I'm not saying human history is tidy, but it, that's amazing that it's all three. I mean, everyone's agreeing. The vast majority of both, like you said, the naturalist viewpoint or the theist viewpoint are agreeing that all three of those things happened at the same place at the same time. Right. And to, and to be fair, because we, we always want to be fair... On our, on our podcast here, on our show, that the uh, scientific naturalists would assert that human, human history did not begin 5,000 years ago. They're saying yeah. re- recorded human history. Yes, yes. We're talking about uh, what would be commonly referred to as civilization. Which is the, those aspects, the the not the hunter and gather, hunter gatherer tribal groups that are leaving virtually no trace. Mm-hmm. you know, of their, of their existence. You know, we're not, uh, that is the gray area. That's the area that there's not consensus on. But, but where it is really is con- interesting, isn't it? It's interesting yeah. that what all lines up here, that we would, would agree that recorded human history was, yeah. was in this, was in this little time gap, which ha- which lines up with the Bible. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't realize that they think there's this idea that there's civilizations all over the place. And, the, and, but you know, it's very clear that this is, you know, everyone agrees that it, this is the start and it's all those things happening at once. At, like we said, just to kind of recap that same place, same time, all three of those aspects. And, and, it, and that's, that's a, a takeaway. That's a walk away takeaway that you, that, that is a starting point of, of conversation. And that's literally where the Bible begins. That's where the biblical narrative begins is right there. And just to be clear, like you're not saying this proves Christianity to be true. No, you're just no. saying like this is an interesting parallel that shouldn't be ignored, and this, you should yeah. think, you should think about this. 
Yeah, if you're going to have a rational discussion with people about worldview, which we all have to do, right. you know, this isn't pie in the sky. This is as real as a knife in your gut because the person's philosophy that's next to you is of utmost importance, right? Yeah, right. You know, this is us, our ability to, to share a common marketplace with other people and to share our views and to know their views. You have to start a discussion. And part of the, I'm just saying that this is a a starting point, a, a discussion between different worldviews. This is where they intersect. This is this is common ground, right? Right. All right so that's good. That's good. So that's that's point one that that there would be there would be a parallel between um, the, the general consensus agreement that human history has existed, recorded human history, excuse me, has existed for roughly five thousand years. That'd be our first point. Let's go and move on to point number two right here. And point two here would be as you have it but the common descent of man, or that man came from one blood. So why don't you take a couple moments here, Shane, and kind of give us a little um, a little explanation there to the common descent of man. So, yeah, this is something that was surprising to me, and this kind of came out of the same thing, kind of came out of that dialogue, me and um, uh, a friendly discussion between uh, the guy that found it uh, remarkable that... I, in the beginning of the conversation, that we uh, he thought there would be a lot more disagreement than agreement, and both of us were shocked how much we agreed once we laid out our positions, um, and the fog was lifted. Uh, but this is another one: the common descent of man. And when him and I started talking, we realized, wait a minute, we all, you know, Charles Darwin, his theory was uh, he actually had came up with the acronym UCA, the Universal Common Ancestor. You know, mm-hmm. he the the theory of evolution. And the theory of creation both uh, have the <laughs> trying to like it's in essence the brotherhood of man. They they both say that uh, there was one blood, that that their human history flows from um, from like a bottleneck and flows out to all of us. And and part of the ways you know this is amazing the evidence for this. The more you look at it, part of it is actually even a mathematical model. If you take, there's like roughly, what, seven and a half billion people living on the face of the earth right now? If you take every one of them, so every one of those seven and a half billion people, and you say, you know, they each have parents and each have grandparents. Well, very quickly, if you start with that base population that we have now, and you start moving up and out, right? You start Mm -hmm. moving out to because everyone's got parents. So every one person has two and then four. Well, really quickly, you hit a point where there's more people than have ever lived on the face of the earth. So you're like, wait a minute, I can't follow this back far enough before I hit a point that the number is not real. It, it's too big. And so that means it overlaps, that there's there's actually, mathematically, there's a lot of inbreeding that makes this population possible, right? There's right. a lot of shared ancestry. Math, it's a mathematical fact, let alone things like mitochondria Eve, where uh, you know there is a, a theory out about women. Women pass a DNA called mitochondria uh, DNA, and it's a lot, it doesn't mutate at the same level as the rest of DNA, so it's a much clearer path to follow back. And it is both in the naturalist viewpoint and in the, in the creationist viewpoint, there is uh, ever, uh, theories in both camps, which the majority ascribe to, that has our DNA coming back to a single woman. All human ancestry coming back to a single woman. Oh, that's really fascinating. Within, within, within 
uh, tens of thousands of years. Now, to be fair, so I have to mention that point. Let me mention the other part where there's disagreement. The disagreement is on the other side of this woman, above her, the, there is a disagreement with um, how much genetic diversity is being uh, showed through this woman, this mitochondria Eve. And so that, there, is, there is theories, scientific theories uh, on the creationist side or intelligent design side and on the naturalist viewpoint, which are saying that the, the population above her, there's a dispute about how big the population was above her. But the point I'm just trying to say is everyone is saying that it bottlenecked. Everyone's mm-hmm. saying it came down to a single woman. That is remarkable, right? You don't hear my, – my point is that common ground, that common ground is a common person. Right. right. I mean, how crazy is that? And if I'm not certain, uh, that's a relatively recent view, right? Because I feel like wasn't it before then the traditional thought was that there were people scattered. Yes. And it can't, that it wasn't from one. Yes. That there was different evolutionary uh, starting points across the globe. Yes. Yes. There, wow. That was a theory that was up until recently. DNA, uh, you know, has, has widely discredited that view. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, just just think of that. Like far, far. I mean, this this idea that there is literally all of us flow through one person, isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, regardless I mean, like, what you believe above it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Go I, ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Just like so, a lot of the claims that you've hear, you've heard, you know, growing up and uh, that have been held for a long time. It's it. it I don't want to really get off topic here. But. We will, um, <laughs> a little bit. I, you know, I, I find it really fascinating that in today's day and age, and this is kind of, this is, this is within the realm we're talking about today, is that oftentimes people will equate scientific findings. Uh, boy, I'm going to use that word very loosely there, findings, right? And we, we've, I know me and you have talked about this before, but there will be a, a, tr- a view held within science and people just accept it as like it's complete truth. Like all this stuff has been, Found when it all throughout, and, and, it's, and a scientist wouldn't even admit this either. I don't. Th- I mean, they wouldn't say that everything that's been that we're saying now is one hundred percent truth and couldn't change under further evidence. I think they would readily admit that a lot of these are theories. These are things that this is what we think is going to happen. If we have more evidence, we might change that. And I think that's that's sort of like a a limited view that a lot of people have today. I've had people come to me and say, "No, I don't believe in." Uh, religion or, or Christianity. I, I believe in real stuff like science. And that's just sort of the view. Of, and, I, and I, there's, there's a lot to say to the scientific method. I, I get that. But I'm not talking about the method. I'm talking about the findings. And I think that's what people really run with those findings. You know, there's a really interesting story, and I'm, and I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit. But, you know, there was a lot of dispute uh, in reference to the Bible here that a lot of some of the things, and a lot of a few of the things that Luke was saying in his gospel uh, a lot of people, a lot of people throughout history, um, through archaeology and things of that, that nature, that a lot of his, uh, scholars and historians were saying he's saying a lot of things that we have no idea what he's talking about. Like he's mentioned, one particular was he was referencing uh, a political person who was who had the position of a proconsul. I don't remember the guy's name, but I remember the the, the position was proconsul, and people were saying for the for ye- hundreds of years, what in the world is he talking about? Like what is a proconsul? We have we've never heard of this. And I don't remember the exact year. It was within the 20th century. I know that. Within the 20th century, uh, some, some archaeological findings came about, and they actually had some recorded, um, some recorded literary work 
referencing the proconsul that he was referring to. And it was even the name was confusing because it was the name that he was referencing as a proconsul. Somebody else had that name and they thought that's who he was referencing oh. and had the wrong position. But then it, with, with later findings, was wait a second, he, he was talking about something true. And for think of it, for hundreds of years, people thought he was maybe this was made up, it was false. And with findings, you know, say when you, when you get all the information or you get more information, you know, truth looks a lot differently. And I think that's kind of the problem is a lot of people think we have all the answers right now, that all truth can be discovered with the evidence we have now. But we have no idea what we're going to discover in the future that could change everything. So there we go. I'm off my soapbox. I, I got it out of me. So, well, I, I, yeah, no, that is great. And people don't realize how. Uh, to your point, people have no, they don't realize there is, we are 99.9% the same humans across the globe. That, that, that no one on the face of the earth is more than your 50th cousin away. We are all cousins. No one disputes that. We're all family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, well, and the only argument is, was how big was the pool above uh, uh, genetic uh, mitochondria Eve? You know, so this idea, and no one is disputing the fact that there's this common origin of all man. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. I mean, that makes stories in Genesis of the origin. I mean, it makes it, when you realize that it's actually, whether you believe it or it's true or not, it's scientifically possible, which is the point we're saying, that yeah. science hasn't proved. This is, all we're saying is this, this is all possible. Yeah. And, you know, I can't help but think of a, of a quote. I always hear, you know, I always reference people from Ravi Zacharias, International Ministries, and reference Ravi himself. I always use this quote that I really like a lot. And it sort of kind of goes along with sort of what you're saying, that people have held these views, and all of a sudden science is eventually kind of validating some of these, kind of catching up, so to speak. And he references this guy, this uh, NASA astronomer named Robert Jastrow, and he wrote this book called uh, God and the Astronomers uh, back in like 1978. And... He's, he's speaking of science. I'll give the full quote here. He says, uh, Theologians generally are delighted with the proof that the universe had a beginning, but astronomers are curiously upset. It turns out that the scientist behaves the way the rest of us when our beliefs are in conflict with the evidence. And he, the quote goes on and says, For the scientist who, have lived by, uh, excuse me, for the scientist who, who has lived by his faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He's about to conquer the highest peak. As he pulls himself over the final rock, he's greeted by a band of theologians who've been sitting there for centuries. And it's, <laughs> I can't help but sort of get that feeling sometimes that a lot of these claims of the Bible are starting to be validated by science. And actually, that quote will actually transition us to uh, our third point here. But did, I, did you adequately? Actually, yeah, yeah. No, that, that was, yeah, that was the, the takeaway from it. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, we'll kind of transition here for, for your, your third point here. And, uh, you know, I might throw a sub point here at the end if we have time. But your, your, your third and final point here was uh, you titled Life from the Dead. That both views, both the naturalistic and the, the historical Genesis Christian view, would, would say that life came from non-life. Yeah, this this is the most shocking claim at all. So all of those are shocking, you know, to, to, to realize when you're reading the book of Genesis, its starting point is literally the recorded human history, recorded human history, and the book that that Christians and Jews ascribe to, that this, this 
starting point is one and the same for when the narrative flows out. You know, Abraham came from uh, this fertile crescent. That's where the story starts, right? Mm-hmm. Job, Abraham, Noah. But then, then you know, to recap, and then you, you talk about, oh, well, all of humans, all of humanity spread from one common ancestor in that area, right? Right. So, uh, you know, this, this east of East Africa, fertile crescent area, everyone's saying humanity spread out Tens of thousands of years ago, from that area, modern, modern, uh, modern anatomically uh, humans. You know, uh, everyone is saying that, regardless if you believe in evolution or not. But then this one, this one's the most shocking one of all. Uh, everyone believes in life from the dead. That that both the theist, evolutionist, the naturalist, the Jew or Christian or or a theist of all stripes. Uh, all of us are not only on common ground, we are staring in wonder at a moment of, of life from the dead. You know, whether you think it was lightning that struck a warm pond or you believe uh, that it was God's design, you know, the DNA holds information that God put there. Uh, everyone's saying man sprang from the earth, right? In right. this moment of creation. And it, it, it is a moment that has been shrouded because... You know, this sometimes the argument of evolution versus creation overshadows the fact that that all of us are looking in awe at this moment of creation, and and that everyone believes it's one. Uh, it happened at at one place at one time, and that all of life sprang from there. You know, the the tree of life theory of evolution is that it was one cell overtook another cell. Well, first off, proteins were formed when lightning struck that warm pond, but then once, and it formed a cell, and then one cell overtook another cell. And from that moment, it was a, you can trace that tree of life to all life on earth, where, you know, the theist position is that there was a creation event at this one place in one time, and then the, all the species came from that moment. But, but the irony is, is the common ground there. Like if you mm-hmm. follow it back and you and you bypass the argument, it it, it is completely overshadowed the fact. I mean, one of the one of the phrases is uh, this is a direct quote from the naturalist viewpoint. Although the occurrence of abiogenesis is uncontroversial among scientists, its possible mechanisms are poorly understood. End quote. That's another way of saying we have no idea how this <laughs> happened. You know, yeah. so it, this this great tree of life, or this great this great image that's being put up, it has feet of clay, right? Right. It, it's it's this idea that it's it's overshadowing the fact that, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And when you see some of the, I encourage anyone listening, do your own research on this. Look into this. This idea of spon- spontaneous generation is literally the idea that life just sprang out, right, out of nowhere. Right. No father, no mother. It just sprang out. Um, you know, some of the theories that are thrown out there uh, that to try to understand what happened, this moment of creation, such as panspermia, is, mm-hmm. Josh, you and I have talked about this, the idea that somehow yeah. life came on the back of a mediator, meteorite and hit Earth. But you still, all, the, all you're doing, that's a shell game. You still have to explain the spontaneous generation on another planet. All you've right. done is kick the can down the road. You know, and, and the yeah. same the same idea, another idea, another theory I was going to throw out that just find it, I find it absolutely incredible. It's the idea that clay was crystallizing like minerals do, 
and that the protein sitting on top of the clay learned from the clay to mimic what what the clay was doing, the crystallization, and then they found themselves organized and voila. But both of those are are still uh, empty bags. Neither one of them in any way adequately explain, right? I mean, right, one, you're kicking yeah. the can down the road. The one you're, you're uh, you talk about fantasizing. The, the clay one is saying, clay, that you are my father. You're still back to the same. You still have not found a, you know, you're hoping that the dirt, you, you, neither one uh, in any way make a dent on this, this idea of spontaneous generation. So it's called a biogenesis. And it's the idea that, that life sprang from non-life. And so I, I just, you know, the more I looked into this and him and I were having this conversation, uh, you know, the starting point of all life is still an amazing creation event. Everyone believes that. Yeah. And kind of to your point there, a uh, quote I wanted to bring up, of course, here I am quoting Ravi again. This is him quoting somebody else. Uh, that uh, He mentions this a lot. There's a, a man by the name of Dr. Chandra, Chandra Wickramasinghe, and uh, he's a... He's a, um, a professor and chairman of the Department of Applied Mathematics and Astronomy at uh, UC Cardiff in Wales. And he has this quote where he says, precious little in the way of biochemical evolution could have happened here on Earth. If one counts the number of trial assemblies of amino acids that are needed to give rise to the enzymes, the probability of their discovery by random shuffling turns out to be less than 1 in 10 to the 40,000. And we hear this, I mean, that's just one quote. We can hear other quotes of several other people who have said the, just the sheer possibility of things happening by random chance is, are odds that mathematicians would just go ahead and deem that impossible. They would put the label that's so far, so far out there that we would just say that's impossible. And I don't know, it's just really fascinating, but not, not to digress too much, not to, digress too much from that but uh, i just want to say that just to your point oh, go ahead oh i i was just gonna, gonna kind of recap one thing that so what we're talking about is all in the shadow i i do have to mention which i love that quote by the way because it just shows you uh you know <laughs> it far from being a uh a fantasy this is this is the this is the tell of our fathers right i mean this is how you know our origins are it's like everyone agrees the origins are supernatural I mean, beyond natural, mm-hmm. that they're a miraculous event. And, and I would like to say, I, I, I want to put out this, this one point. When you start talking about one blood, uh, one person, and life from the dead, if you start putting together all three of those, I'm starting to see a pattern here uh, pointing <laughs> to a future reference, right? Oh, one blood, nice. one, one person, one uh, life from the dead. I mean, I it's. I think this is is evidence of something else historical. I, I see what you're doing there, Shane. That's <laughs> no, very interesting. Yes, it's very very interesting. You know, um, to circle back around to your original point, you were saying life from non-life. You know, I was watching mm-hmm. this this docu series uh, with the name of it. This oh gosh, what was the name of that? Let me pull it. Uh, it was called uh, One Strange Rock, and Will Smith is the host of that. And I was watching it. I was actually in preparation for this episode, and he it just he he Will Smith said something and I was like whoa it just kind of caught my attention, and he worded the way is the way he worded it and then when he when I thought about it, I was like oh wait I've heard this before but it's just interesting interesting the way that he worded it and he was talking about the origin of life and they were attempting to sort of give an explanation for that and they used the word and I I, I should have gotten the actual quote but he said something to the effect of man or life humanity came from dust and 
the common, I think the common description would be stardust. We, if you were, you know, you had those types of conversations, that's what, that's the term that would be used. But uh, he, he's the word, just couldn't help but think, wow, that's, that's funny that you'd say that man came from dust because the account in Genesis says that God formed man from the dust and breathed life into him. So we're on common ground there that yes, man did come from dust, so to speak. And I, I just I just found that really fascinating. Oh no, it is. I mean, this this uh, you know how counterintuitive. You know, both of all, most of the time we see. I would say, Josh, yourself, and me, we see the differences between the natural viewpoint and the theistic viewpoint. That the majority right. of the time, that's what I am trying to discuss and with people. And so I was yes. as shocked as anyone when I sat down and talked to someone and realized. The, the similarities, the, the common ground, what was, mm-hmm. I'll be the first to say, was uh, pretty shocking. Yeah, and one of the biggest ones we haven't even mentioned yet was for so long, many people thought that the universe, uh, of course, this would be outside of Christianity, of course, or a biblical wor- a worldview, that the universe was eternal, that it always existed. Yes. And then up until recently, uh, pretty, it's pretty unanimous now that everybody says, no, actually, the universe did have a starting point, which, again... Lines up with, I mean, that doesn't prove Christianity true, but it does line up with what the Bible says. In the beginning, right? I mean, this is literally the beginning words of the book where you and I are discussing. You know, so this, this again, if you say it has a starting point, what's beyond the starting point? We're looking at another miraculous creation event Mm -hmm. that everyone agrees on, that everyone agrees on. Ever wonder and just think like, what what other things are, what other discoveries and... and, um, evidences and whatever through archaeology or advanced uh, dating, things of that nature. What else is going to come up in the future that's disputed right now that will actually be settled that actually confirms something the Bible's been saying for 2,000 plus years? So I, I always kind of wonder that. I mean, it, you know it, what? This uh, It's exactly to your point. This, de- this deserves a second look. If you have overlooked the biblical narrative, if you've thought that this doesn't in the words of one kid that told me, uh, one young kid when I was talking to him, and I realized I was listening to his parents when he told me this, he said, yeah, the Bible, that would be cool if it was true. And you know, in, in his own words, a young young boy told me that, and I knew as his parents had relayed that to him. And if, if you've ever thought, well, the Bible would be cool if it was only true, uh, it deserves a second look. I think enough yeah, evidence has been brought to the to the table to, to if, if you have pa- ha- put out a verdict in your life that... This would be cool, but it's it, if only it was true. It deserves a second trial, right? There's enough evidence that's Absolutely. been brought forward to reopen and have a retrial. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I would, and I, I encourage everybody. Like you, I mean, we were talking before the show. You said the same thing. Like it's, it's never. Don't take my word for it. Go go look it up yourself. And yeah, I think it, in, to what you're saying, it would be very wise to go do your own research. Don't just say things that you you have you have no knowledge about. Like, go actually look it up. Uh, if you've ever read the book Case for Christ, which is a great reference, mm-hmm. is actually mm-hmm. the story of Lee Strobel uh, saying that very thing and going and doing the hard research. I forgot over how many years it was. And, you know, just he discovering him discovering all kinds of things he had no idea about. And he was blown away, which led to, eventually led to his conversion uh, to, uh, to giving his life to Christ. And so that would be a great, it's a great book. If you're, if you're in that boat where you, you like, like you said, if you doubt the Bible and you, you think it's just one big story of myth, that's a great, there's a lot of great resources, but the book Case for Christ by Lee Strobel is a great, great resource. 
And so you'd be, yeah. You'd be, the, uh, uh, yeah. I just, I can't, I mean, I can't stress it again. I mean, it's like w- one time I was in a room and was being uh, kind of confronted and teased about the view of, of believing it was at Easter, believing that the idea that there could be a resurrection without everyone in that room realizing myself included, I didn't realize it. We all believed in life from the dead. You know, at the time, I didn't realize it. I, I knew what I believed, but I did not realize that they believed the exact same thing. Right. I mean, right. that alone should force you to reexamine your views when, when far from that being something fantastic, it's literally, it's, it's what everyone believes. Right. So again, just to kind of recap here, Shane, you were, you were making the point, you're not saying that the Bible proves evolution to be true. You're saying that the account in Genesis specifically uh, that is sometimes thought of as being wild and f- fantasy and myth um, actually lines up with some of the naturalistic views. So there's a lot. There's a lot of parallels and a lot of commonality, which therefore doesn't make Genesis sound so far fetched. And to our point, where we're ending on is like, yeah, do do the research. Go look for yourself. Don't just read head- headline articles or just or just formulate a view not not based on anything. You know, go go look it up for yourself. Uh, that's do do the honest research. So. Well, Shane, that's going to wrap us up for today. It's a great episode. Uh, did, I think it's a good idea. This is your idea. This is, so uh, it's a great <laughs> idea. That turned out really well. And um, Thanks, Josh. Thanks for being here, as always. Enjoy having you here. Uh, that's going to wrap us up. And everybody, we will see you next time.